Welcome to Lane Storming, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me as always is Ben Slinger. Hi. So Ben, this weekend you attended three days of PAX. I did. And I attended one. Yep, lots of fun. That was a lot of fun. Met a lot of great game devs and saw a lot of cool games. And uh, yeah, had a good time. We uh, hope to maybe, we, we talked to a lot of indie game devs about our podcast and a few of them were, you know, somewhat enthusiastic. So maybe down the line we can get a few of them on and bring some actual game design chops to this podcast. <laughs> well, some game development chops even. Well, <laughs> well, people who have gone through that design process though and actually come up with real games at the end of it, as opposed to us, you know, we can't be bothered. We just throw it out there into the ether. Hmm. And then we let other people do it. Yeah, exactly. So while we were walking around PAX, you and I, we mm-hmm. actually did come up with an idea for a game. And it was based on PAX, actually. Sort of, yeah, based a little bit on PAX. Because for those who haven't been to PAX, there are people, volunteers, called Enforcers, and they sort of do a lot of different things. But one of their roles is to help manage the lines, the long, long lines of people waiting to get into panels and see video games and do different things. And, yeah, we sort of, there's something very game-like about the way a crowd of PAX-goers would follow a single enforcer, you know, winding through large spaces to get into a theatre or, or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, 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 I feel like there's maybe a game in that. So, straight away, I started thinking, okay, there's going to be, um, they have these massive queues to get in. Yeah. So, I was thinking that could almost be one of the later levels you got 50 people per per sort of line. Yeah, so just... If not, uh, maybe 100. So just, yeah, as as time goes, uh, like as you get later and later, you're just dealing with more and more people. Yeah. So is there a is there a sort of um, herding aspect to this or do they just follow you and sort of crowd around you? How is the... I think there's a herding. There's got to be a herding mechanic. Otherwise, you know, it, it becomes very easy. You sit there and you point and click and tell people when to go. But instead, you've got to position yourself in the right way so that they shape the line properly around you. Yeah, yeah. So, it's sort of around your movement, I think. Like, So, when I, when I was thinking herding, I'm thinking, obviously, like, you know, dog chasing sheep around and having to put them into position, in which case the sheep are moving away from the enforcers. I guess this is a little bit different. This is almost that the people are attracted to the enforcer mm-hmm. and will follow, but, yeah, you have to make sure they don't get stuck on anything, that they don't... Some accidentally merge with another queue that they <laughs> that that they don't accidentally um, pass by every other person in the queue and try to get into the into the line that's moving. Oh, that's right, that's something that actually <laughs> happened because there were no enforcers down the back, were there? And there were just people turning up, and it's like um, there's like five other queue lines that you could <laughs> right. that you could be joining. All right, all right, we all know you. Yeah, it's okay. We got in there, Trevor. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, but that actually, and that then could lining be lining up behind you, and I didn't get on a bloody VR. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another interesting thing too. Like, uh, so let's sort of think of the mechanics that are in play here. So, at its very basic level, you are moving an enforcer, and you have a goal to get as many of your packs goers to as you can. Yep, and uh, not piss them off, or yeah. You so I was going to say, off? do they have a mood? Because one of the things that could alter that mood is if you like, maybe you need to be aware of how many people fit into different rooms and things. Because if if people get cut off, like if you don't close off that line before more people line up than can fit into where you need to go, then they're going to get pissed off, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe there's an aspect of sort of estimating how many people you can fit into a space that you perhaps aren't fully aware of yet. And, yeah, you just have to sort of make your best guess as to when to cut the line off and sort of start your run <laughs> through packs to get to the theatre that you need to be at. Yeah, I'm sort of seeing that maybe this game in, in the easier difficulties has a lot more enforcers and you don't have to do quite as much. Well, so but what in are the, the later other, levels... Well, it depends on what the other enforcers role is like what happens when you run into other enforcers you need to make sure that you don't confuse these packs goers <laughs> they start following the other <laughs> in this case yellow shirt being that we're at pax australia mm-hmm. i think it's blue at pax west and red at pax east i don't know what pax south is but they can be different different variants dlc <laughs> for the different packs <laughs> <laughs> so we can, maybe we'll base the maps off the real uh convention centers that each pax is at. Mm-hmm. 
I was actually thinking, you know, late, a lot later on in the game, you become a head enforcer. So you're sort of like an enforcer of, of other enforcers and you got to. So then you know, is it more like an RTS sort of thing and you're. You're. You're, you're deploying your, yeah. your, your enforcers, but each one has a certain skill of what they're good at, and you may have to make decisions as to send the wrong one to the right, to the, <laughs> to say the drop bear right. theater. Yeah. And they're not, they're not good at counting people. They're not good at counting people, <laughs> so you don't know how many people are already in there. And, you know, this other person isn't good at, like, getting people's attention, so they just ignore him. And this other person isn't good at, like, g'ing up the crowd, so. And waiting to get into yeah, the see. Omegathon final, yeah. you know, people are getting really pissed off because... Because they're getting bored and they're getting antsy and they've been walking around mm. for three days straight. <laughs> so, there you go. So, so basically, <laughs> each of the sort of big panel... Well, you can start at smaller panels, you know. Your very first mission is, and not to disparage any panels, but, you know, is, is some uh, sort of low-key, local, a bunch of... Random people put together a panel. It's a lame storming panel. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Your first panel is a lame storming panel um, that not many people are lining up for. So, yeah, it's that's your tutorial level, basically. It's on the Friday. Not many people are there yet, so you don't have much sort of cross crowds across uh, going across you and getting getting in the way of your line. And you have to get them from the queue room to the panel. And for some reason, at this version of PAX, they're not right next to each other. You have to run across <laughs> half the floor. <laughs> they're actually in the tabletop, and you need to go all the way to the Drop Bear Theatre, which is yeah. the complete opposite side of the convention centre. <laughs> or the um, exhibition centre. Yeah, so I think, I don't know, I think I feel like there's sort of some interesting mechanics there. There's almost a bit of, like, maybe as you go along, you do get to, you've got a number of enforcers on each mission, uh, that you can utilize in different ways. So one of them is going to be the one who sort of makes the, actually makes the final run and has the people following him or her, of course. Um, mm -hmm. but you can place the other enforcers that you have available to you at particular points on the map. So, you know, if you know that fucking Razor is going to have some huge attention grabbing bullshit display going on down this particular hallway, <laughs> you put where they're throwing out like, um, throwing Headphones or something out yeah. to people that scream the loudest. Exactly, you know, they can make sure they stay out of the path. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So you make you make sure that they get you put your biggest and burliest enforcer in the way, so he intimidates them, and so they don't get down there. I don't know. <laughs> or opposite it, you put your most uh, entertaining enforcer, and they don't even see. You know, maybe maybe there's a sort of an attention grabbing mechanic here, where yeah, each attendee. Is looking in a particular direction, and if something grabs them, they might peel off from the line and decide that this is more interesting than the panel they were going to gonna go to. Well, it certainly can happen. I mean, if you're waiting in a long queue, you're kind of going to get bored of that queue. Well, exactly. And go you know, it, dep it would depend on how long they'd already been waiting, how fast they're, you know, how fast your enforcer is moving through the crowd. Because part of it be could be if you do have to move them through another large crowd or cross another line kind of thing, then they might just get stuck and get annoyed and decide it's not worth it. Or they get um, drawn to the to a VR slot that's just opened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because someone didn't turn up because they were actually, you know, sitting in some other queue waiting to get into something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's that's it. That's the end game. We get to the point where we're actually simulating every single PAX attendee and what they want to see and where they're trying to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just a pack simulator. And, uh, All thirty thousand attendees yeah. this day. You yeah. gotta, you know, it needs, a, it needs a pretty beefy computer. Might have to connect. Maybe it's all. Maybe it's all um, online. And, that's uh, all pixel. That's that's. You know, I'm I'm picturing, you know, eight bit graphics here. <laughs> oh yeah, but even if they're just pixels, if you're uh, if, if you're actually simulating their desires. <laughs> For every every second of the day, <laughs> what they need to need to see, how long ago they last had a drink to see if they need to go piss. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but as as an enforcer, you, all you're trying to do is make sure that there's no fights. You're not telling them, you know, you must go to the toilet. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't direct them. It's just a It's just we're just simulating everybody now to get the most realistic crowd behavior possible. And. You know, DLC later on, you can you can try to build your own packs, but you've got to think of everything, including how many toilets you've got active. For <laughs> well, so now we're moving into a different game completely. <laughs> so now we're just talking about a a packs, an actual packs building simulator game where yeah, all the 
all the attendees stream in and you have to exactly make sure you've got the right panels at the right time to attract the right people and all the support staff in place. And, and you've got the right amount of AAA support. You've got a, the right amount of indie developers. Yep. You have to deal with the added cost of having a convention in fucking Australia and getting everyone to fly their shit over. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta deal with the fact that Nintendo didn't bring anything. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Nintendo. Like I, I saw so many Pokeball. people complaining. Huh? They had a giant Pokeball. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't even have like Zelda Breath of the Wind like playable demo or something like uh, that. They just had a video of it All they had was like a trailer running and they didn't even have the latest Pokemon Sun and Moon. I mean the demo was just released. They could have just had a couple of NDSs there that actually had something on it. PAX Australia is still the, uh, the the black sheep of the PAX family, but uh, it was pretty awesome. So anyway, PAX, PAX Sim. I don't know if we if we go back to just puzzle puzzling enforcer uh, moving lines of attendees through PAX, or if we maybe maybe the sequel is the the full on PAX Sim. Pax manager. <laughs> yeah, so this is like, is it that you're building, when you say building your own packs, surely you're limited to the convention center that you're utilizing, perhaps surrounding hotels. So is it just a matter of placing stuff within that space? Maybe what- Yeah, but if you, if you put too many, um, I don't know, cause the toilets are sort of spread out throughout the, throughout the place. If you put too many interesting things in the one corner. Yeah. You know, you've got the female toilets that are just, you know, got a massive line out the door because, you know, you everything... That everything they, um, people are all crowded around there and so that toilet's getting the most use. Yeah, yeah. and the other ones aren't getting any use at all. Yeah, so, yeah. you've got to spread oh, all yeah. the, good, definitely the good shit throughout. And hey, if you if you uh, bring enough people in, then maybe you can um, lobby the, the, the town that the convention centre is in to build extra stuff. <laughs> and then you can have a little <laughs> bit of building things. Well, yeah, we, for next packs, we need a hotel over here and an extra... You know, three thousand square feet of convention space. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I think I think that would be quite a quite an interesting, funny game. You know, you, you could do, do some, a lot of things you could do with some cool stuff with that, especially with you know enforcers having to calm people down and you know kick people out for having fights and all this sort of stuff. Oh yeah, Pax is a fucking wild west of nerdy fights and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I that. Xbox is better. PS4 is better. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> like in console wars and. VR Wars. No, Vive. No, Rift. PSVR. OSVR. <laughs> Open source VR. Google Cardboard. <laughs> that guy just got beat up. <laughs> it's the f- it's fucking, what's his name from The Simpsons? Hans Molman. Yeah, it's Hans Molman. <laughs> Google Cardboard. That was a terrible Hans Molman impression. I'm only 35 years old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... That was that. That was that was enough to sort of kick us off there. Guess wet our palate for the, our game design tasks today. Um, yeah, so we thought we'd pitch each other a game today, and then try to come up with some some funny ideas around that. Yeah. We don't necessarily have any um, restrictions on. No, the type I mean of this is just today. Yeah, I think this can just be the place where you know we're sort of creative people. We're gamers. We think of this stuff often, and. You know, we don't always need a random prompt to just come up with a game. We just think of them out of nowhere, off the top of our heads. And so, when those come up, we we figured we'd have this segment where we just pitch them at each other and uh, and and run with them from there. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. I think I believe we both do have a game idea that we sort of thought of previously. Yes. Uh, do you want to go first, or shall I? Yeah, I'm happy to go first. All right. Show me what you got. So I had the idea. Of your character is a, he wants to be a supervillain. Okay, but like his his main things that that he that he wants to do is just like niggly little things. Um, so no death or destruction because he doesn't believe in killing people. Okay, but just like annoying people enough that you know they they kind of hate, <laughs> kind so of hate just, this guy and go, oh, this guy's so annoying. So he just wants to stir up. Bad emotions in some way. He wants to stir up bad emotions, but instead of, you know, his arch nemesis being like a, a hero, yeah. his arch nemesis is actually another evil guy, but that guy is like trying to get him to kill people. Right. So he, so our main character, what's his name? Um, Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, wait, he's doing more than just annoying people. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, by the time you're listening to this, hopefully that's all over. Well, that will be all over. And hopefully he can go back in his fucking cave. <laughs> his name is... Brad. That'll do. Brad Pete. Like Peter um, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Peter Brad. I'm slightly annoying. I'm slightly stale. So I was thinking, you know, this would actually be the perfect idea for like a Hitman style game. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask. So, you know, what sort of genre are we going for here? Oh, action, action adventure sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Hitman esque. Hitman-esque, you've got like a, a almost a playground to, to sort of muck around in and you just... <laughs> and you've just got tools of annoyance at your disposal. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> stink bombs and, I don't know, maybe you can put honey on, on doorknobs yeah, I was or... Say, so is there a, well, is <laughs> there a prize like for subtlety? Just... Is it just, can you just like... Oh, yeah. You, drop, you... drop things that just make an annoying noise at random intervals? Like you can, you can put, um, put, say, honey on the doorknob and then... When they open the door and they get honey on their hands, like a card drops and is like, "You've been, you've been honeyed by, <laughs> by Peter Brad." <laughs> <laughs> so basically, his goal is he just wants everyone to be slightly grumpy all the time. He just wants to take that happy edge off of anybody's day. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to destroy their day. He doesn't want to kill anyone. He doesn't want to kidnap anyone. But then Does after, like, goal? three or four missions have- in which, you know, you're annoying all these different people, um, a supervillain comes in and frames you for, for, like, murder. Okay, so there's a narrative to this. It's not just a sandbox. It's not just a sandbox. You you sort of, like, a lot of the Hitman yeah, yeah. sort of games start there's, off as uh, almost a sandboxy system. sort of yeah, thing, and then all of a sudden... There are systems in place. Then the story kicks in, and you've, you've actually got to do something about it. Um, I was thinking by having the villain... You know, frame you for murder, trying to get you to actually start committing some real crimes. It could actually be an interesting idea that now he's trying to trying to uh, stop him. Stop. I've got. You know, I've the, got this supervillain. I know what the su- I know what the supervillain's name is. <laughs> Bastardson. <laughs> or Kurt Bastardson. Okay. I, mm, yeah. Okay. I guess maybe we won't get away with <laughs> Bastardson. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, he, his name could actually be Kurt Bastardson, but his like supervillain name could just be the. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is that he's just got a really bad graphic designer. Well, the so he, bastard. Well, so his name is just Kurt Bastardson. He's just his logo designer is really bad, and he just sort of made the curve of that ass like too long. <laughs> And it just, oh, it sort of joins onto the T in that weird, like, you know, the kerning is just not quite right. See, it reads as <laughs> bastards. <laughs> I apologize to those who aren't in Australia where <laughs> is much more of a severe term to use. It's still pretty bad. <laughs> Even here, like you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Ever say it in front of my wife <laughs> or my parents? <laughs> Hope they don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think our um, our Peter Bread actually knows that um, it's this Kurt, Kurt <laughs> um, who's his, who's his like old high school rival, right? Um, who's set him up for for this thing? So he decides to become a maybe maybe a hero while still. Well, so does he... St- trying to stop him, is he still just- while still pissing on the other people. Well, I was about to say, so are you still just interacting with the world through <laughs> slight annoyances? Like, how do you make any large change? How how are you sort of trying to defend yourself? How are you um, pushing the story along? Is it just that you're sort of disrupting, like, is there sort of uh, scenes in place, kind of like they do in Hitman, where, you know, if you, if you do something at a certain time, it'll cause a person to go in a different direction or to do something a bit different because now they're pissed off, you know. You spill something on someone and they have to go into the bathroom now and then that causes something else to happen. Yeah. So I'm thinking you could actually have, you know, you're, you're in a hotel and you find out that the police have found out where you are and they've come, they've come looking for you. Yeah. And you know that they're maybe two, three minutes away, so you you set up a few annoyance <laughs> sort of trap things, like that sort of yeah, send like them off in some other direction. Loud noises, <laughs> you know. Uh, let's let's think let's think about the the actual tools you have, like the actual gameplay here. So you're walking around, 
trying to be inconspicuous, do you have to like disguise yourself and stuff like in Hitman? I think you got to get disguises like in Hitman. Yeah. Yeah. Are they just slightly annoying disguises as well? Like you just wear a wizard hat? Uh. <laughs> no, I'm thinking like you can put overalls on, but he's got like the the big fake moustache or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> like actually completely inconspicuous, I mean, completely conspicuous costumes. Yeah. So if the police see you, they go, that moustache is rather big. <gasps> That's him. <laughs> do they? Do they? So wait, does you, do these costumes actually not work? Like what's the point of them then? <laughs> Or is it just like people go, oh, that guy's a bit of a dick. What's he doing putting on that fake mustache? Now, where's that guy who put honey on this fucking doorknob? He seems like a bit of a dick. (laughs) Hang on. Well, uh, maybe your purpose is to get people to think just everyone around them is a dick. It's just like to make them lose their faith in humanity. Yeah, maybe you can like put kick me signs on people's backs. And <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good one. And that's a way you can directly affect like someone. You know, they they you want them to move away from somewhere, so you put a kick me sign on their back, and they have to they start running away from all the people to <laughs> to kick them. Well, well, maybe you know one of the things you're going through like a Hillary Clinton sort of supporter rally and then you you can put a Donald Trump supporter thing on someone's back and everyone goes <laughs> in for the in for the kill on this guy. <laughs> I mean that's more what the Trump supporters are known for doing than the Clinton supporters, but yeah, you might have a few bad eggs in there. <laughs> well maybe you have to go the other way then. You're you're Donald Trump's rally or Donald Trump for whatever you want to call him <laughs> in the game. And um you know you you put that there I am. You put a Hillary, you put a Clinton, a damn with a damn with Trump sign on him. Yeah, on someone's back. <laughs> I thought you, I thought you I thought you were trying not to get people killed. <laughs> yeah, true, but still, that that's how you get out of this uh, this arena where where you know it's, necessary, it's a way of pissing someone off. You lose points because the person got beaten half to death. Yeah, but then you get points because you find out that it, it was a white supremacist, so you don't really care anymore. <laughs> All right, you just have to choose the right person, someone who deserved it. So maybe, okay, is that part of that? So that's how you become a hero. You're basically like the Dexter of annoying people because now you're trying to find the people who deserve to be annoyed and put into positions where they get beaten half to death. <laughs> Because you make them annoying. You yeah. you plant the annoying noisemaker in their pockets when people find out that it's them. <laughs> you know, randomly um, spouting loud chicken noises. And and maybe, you know, an early scene, you're in a movie theatre and you, you're having to pick up their phone and turn it turn it on. <laughs> yeah, you make well, you, know, you make sure. Yeah, you know they're going into the movie theatre. You make sure their phone's on loud. You have to, like, distract them, steal their phone, put it on loud. Find out their phone their phone number and then call them. <laughs> but you've changed their you've changed their passcode so they can't turn it off. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm seeing that you know you could actually do some fun things like that and then you know through your awesome disguises with big mustaches and and fake beards and yeah, big big uh, Marx Brothers uh, glasses, big nose and glasses, all that sort of stuff. Maybe you can maybe you can start seeing this person had actually stolen a whole heap of um, you know, a whole heap of jewelry, and then was trying to mingle with the crowd, and you happened to bring attention to him, and the police caught up with him, and I don't know it, it could actually by by setting off a stink you know. bomb and pointing at them to say they fought it, it was them. <laughs> The police go. Everybody, everybody okay. moves away from them and, and opens the crowd opens up and there's they're perfectly visible. So the cops can take him down. Yeah. So you know you got lots of different things that you can sort of do throughout the game, and I I thought that could actually be something I'd like to play. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there are some interesting ideas there. So I'm just trying to think of the kind of the escalation. Like, are you leveling these things up? Do you get more and more tools as you go along? Or is it just that there are different things in different levels that you can make use of? Is there some sort of crafting aspect? So, you know, if you want that stink bomb, you have to go into the kitchen and... Oh, maybe. You know, find baking soda and vinegar and some sort of smell component. Especially in in the later levels where, you know, the police are after you, you you almost want that sort of... On the fly. That sort of thing happening. Yeah. Because you can't go back to your lair where all your tools are to make your your annoyances, annoyance devices. Yep. Cool. What are we going to call this game? Minor annoyance. <laughs> I, I think we can be a bit more creative than that. Let's come up with something. So, wait, his name's Peter Brad. Yep. Wait, Peter Brad or Peter Brad? Where do we end up with that? Is he actually Peter Brad now? <laughs> 
<laughs> Peter Bread in the stale situation. <laughs> Featuring cunt bastards. Wait, Kurt. <laughs> okay, Peter Bread and the stale situation. A uh, Hitman-esque action adventure game with a with a narrative hook. And you instantly fail the level if you kill someone. <laughs> yeah, how easy would that be? I guess if you you put if you <laughs> you uh you put honey on the wrong doorknob that happens to be near a beehive and uh, they're allergic to bees, bee stings. <laughs> Fuck! You put KY jelly on on the balcony and they, <laughs> they fall off. And fall to death. <laughs> yeah, you throw that stink bomb slightly wrong, and it just like erupts into a cloud and they can't see anything and they trip and fall on a rake and it kills them. <laughs> right through their eyeball. <laughs> yeah, not the standard slapstick falling on a rake. They just fall on the sharp end and die. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't stand on or, stand on or anything. No. It was just, no, literally, just literally bang, yeah. tripped over and just impaled themselves on a rake. It was a double-ended rake. So he stepped on the rake on one end, and the other end also had <laughs> metal spikes that hit them in the face. <laughs> it's like that's one of those weird double rakes. <laughs> that's the de- that's like the that's one of the pre-order bonuses is that you can wield the double rake, <laughs> but of course you can't kill anyone with it because then you'd fail. So, in other words, there has to be a there has to be a farm level as well where you can <laughs> where literally you can sit down a normal rake. rake. <laughs> well, you mean there are just aren't rakes sitting around around in the city waiting for people to to slapstick into them? No, you got to actually set that up so that the the farmer walks out of his door. You ding dong ditch him. <laughs> opens right, up his door so that's his party. That's one of your things. So you're basically just pranking people in different ways. Yeah. So one of your tools is like. A lighter and a bag full of dog shit. <laughs> you can just throw later that into on in the game when you can't go back. You can just throw that into a crowd. And- later on in the game when you can't go back to your workshop, then you've got to go to the toilet. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, I think we got what we could out of that idea. Unless you've got anything else. Um. No. I think I think that's actually pretty good. I'd certainly want to play it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's our goal. Either that or comedy. You know, one or the other or both. If we can get there. So, uh, where were we? Peter Bread and the Stale. Peter Bread and the Stale situation, double rake edition. Double rake edition. Perfect. I think it's about time to head into the eye of the storm. Welcome to the eye of the storm. So, here's where we do our housekeeping. If you'd like to catch us on Twitter, we're at Lamestorming. You can find us on Facebook, comment and leave reviews, facebook.com slash lamestorming. Uh, you can email us podcast at lamestorming.com you can find us on itunes rate review subscribe us there just search for lamestorming yep uh you can check out our website lamestorming.com we'd like to thank kurudust for the opening and closing tracks uh as well as the one you're hearing in the background right now and we'd also like you to check out our other podcast two sweary dads we've now been going for almost 25 episodes Yep, and that is a podcast about parenting and other dadly pursuits. Cool. Okay, so we're back into back into lame story. Your time, your time to pitch us a game, Ben. So, yeah, I I had uh, had a bit of an idea, and this I don't know. This is going to maybe sound a little bit self serving in certain ways, but my my idea was. Some sort of podcast tycoon game. Mm-hmm. So you know, so really, really going in with the um, the like YouTuber life and all those sort of games that have been released lately. Is that a thing? You, yeah, it is. <laughs> well, maybe they've already done it, but let's talk about it anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I, I guess there are those sorts of games, but I'm thinking, I mean, a bit of game dev tycoon, you know, a bit of the old. A theme hospital and those sorts of things where, you know, there's a bit of comedy around it. There's a bit of style, but you know, I'm thinking you, you're recording your podcast and you, you have to come up with it. You come up with a title for it. You, you're initially just, you're in your, your mum's basement or whatever. You're in your bedroom in your house. Mm-hmm. Terrible, uh, headset with a bad microphone. Yeah. You just, you, you have to dedicate time to podcasting and editing and 
all the different things and and you maybe you start off with a particular skill set or you can you can assign those skills mm-hmm. and then building up from that obviously to sort of see how far you can go um you build you slowly build up the audience based on how often you release and the sort of final the final quality of those episodes there's there's a, i guess there's a very game dev tycoon sort of aspect to it i don't know what what else do you think we can add to this to to make it somewhat unique Be- being a podcaster you know, I mean, we, we've been doing this for six months now, so I think I can call myself a podcaster. Yeah. I spend most of my time at work <laughs> and <laughs> and not doing podcasty things. So I'm seeing that 90% of the game is literally going to be either sleep or eating or time at work. And then the rest of the time is like editing and doing the podcast things and thinking of new things to talk about. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess it's I where think- do we find the game mechanics in that, I guess? Um, well, Job Simulator is actually kind of awesome. So if you can get something <laughs> around that in VR, then maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of taking away from. That's kind of taking away from the podcast aspect of it. I don't know that you'd actually want to simulate the vast majority of time that's spent <laughs> not doing podcast stuff. <laughs> but having said that, a tycoon sort of game that is VR focused like that could be really cool. So maybe you are just. Maybe it is a little bit Job Simulator 3000 where you're initially given a space and you can basically go shopping, right? And you can grab, you can choose how much to spend on a microphone and you can pick where to put it on the room. You can decide whether you want to want to get some, you know, um, sound baffling stuff to make, maybe make it sound a bit better. You can uh, decide how, whether you want to, you know, use the free editing software or purchase the better edi- editing software. And, you know, but if your skill's not good enough, then you can't actually use the better editing software because you, there's too many options and you don't know what they all do. <laughs> uh, but, the, <laughs> but there are sort of, maybe there are sort of mini games for each little aspect and, and they're all done in VR. Um, maybe like a uh, microphone technique. You know, so in VR, you got to move your head to where the microphone is or if, if, that's if you've got a boom mic and the boom mic isn't exactly, you know, positionable as well because you didn't spend the money on it. So therefore you got to move your face up towards the mic and then you got to not breathe in the mic like. <sighs> yeah. I wonder, oh, geez, I wonder how easy it would be to, to determine breathing from, uh, from actual speaking. I'd hope really easy so that we could actually. <laughs> well, so the other thing is, so what's interesting though. <laughs> so obviously your VR headset, I, I don't know. Does, do any of them have microphones built in? Yeah, maybe. Oh, it's possibly, way, possibly probably, like a, um, probably a headset sort of thing. Headset or something. But I'm, I'm amused by the difference between, obviously, like within the VR space, your microphone is going to be moving around, whereas in real life, your microphone is right there. So it's going to have to, you're just going to have to do some nice little stuff where it only obviously takes notice of, of what's coming in your phys- actual physical microphone when your virtual microphone is close to your face in VR. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe you can have some sort of little mini games. What, like the, the actual act of podcasting is almost a bit of a, you sort of have to read off a teleprompter and yeah, like if you need to breathe, make sure that you move it away or if you need to cough, you know, you have to make sure you've got a cough it. button. Yeah. You, know, you have to make sure to drink enough water. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's almost a, a rock band style thing. Like you're doing the vocals in rock band, but you just have to speak them. But oh, here comes a breath. So you got to make sure you actually have to do that breath out away from, the, you know, make sure you've moved the microphone away. Well, I'm, I'm thinking, yes, that's the easy mode where you got the teleprompter and stuff, but the expert mode, you actually got to do a podcast you just have to you just end up doing a podcast (laughs) how would they how would the game judge that on the length on um the amount of pauses on but could you just be like speak gibberish oh no you'd have you'd have some sort of awesome to to make sure that (laughs) that that it's actually you know relevant grammatics sense and then what it does is it uploads it to itunes and and determines you know if if (laughs) so basically lots of five star reviews so actually we're just gamifying (laughs) actual podcasting yeah yeah you just don't realize it it's sort of like the issue there of course is that if you buy better microphones in your game you're still going to be using a (laughs) shitty headset mic there are some certain physical implications around that that we can't get around well, maybe DLC is you, you 
buy like a DLC a, um, and Blue Yeti mic. It's like three hundred dollars DLC, and then she just turns up on your doorstep. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, away from that, I, I kind of like this idea of a tycoon sort of game, based done done from a first person VR perspective. Um, you know, and as you do get more followers and and you know enough to get sponsorship or something, or you've just you're putting enough of your own money into it, you do upgrade your space. And now you've got a, now you've got a bigger space. You've got a better microphone. You've got the boom mic. So yeah, you have to sort of figure out your mic technique with that. And you know because because that's a very different thing. Initially, maybe you were just you didn't even have a mic stand. You would you and so your microphone is literally in your Held hand. In your hand. Yeah, yeah, and and so it's and so attached to your controller, tracked by your controller. Whereas now it's more about where you put your head in that space. Uh, or, you know, you can move it to the right position so you don't have to move your head too much. But, um, I don't know. That's, that's almost an interesting, it's a, a sort of an interesting space to, inve- to, to, yeah, to investigate. Yeah. Well, then you got the social media side of things. Yeah. You know, yeah. So there's, um, I mean, there's so much to podcasting, right? So you, yeah. Like, is that a mini game too? It's just, okay. I need to put some time into social networking. And it's like, and if, if you all the trolls you know, and if you're, if you're enough, enough, then- enough posts. You you message the wrong people too many times and they they give you a one star review and you start going really bad. Well, yeah, or you can or you can post too often and you're not posting quality stuff or I don't know. You could, we could there could be some interesting. Well, I think it's got to be I think it's got to be somewhat realistic. So you know, the first six months or so, you're getting maybe <laughs> one review total, uh, one review total, and <laughs> maybe fifty or so listeners on one of your podcasts. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Well, and yeah, that's the thing. So you start managing multiple podcasts, maybe you know, because there's also you got to track down guests and you got to you know maybe find different hosts or. Um, eventually do live shows and sort out your merchandise and start a network by the end of it. You know, at the end of it, you're managing multiple shows. Um, you're producing a couple, you're on a couple. Yeah. And you're still just, I guess you're still in VR and you're just doing these mini games. Now <laughs> <laughs> it looks better and you're making more money. And then at the end, you realize that maybe I don't want to be a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely get people saying, like, you know, when Guitar Hero came out. It's like, oh, why don't you just actually put that time into learning guitar? There'll be people saying that about podcast taking. Why don't you just actually start a podcast? And so you go, well, I'll show them I will. And then you, then you get, you know, Too what, what most people, what, well, <laughs> <laughs> what most people would expect out of, out of podcasting. You, you know, you get 10,000 followers and, and you start going really well because you actually started a podcast. <laughs> well, perhaps. <laughs> we wish. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's some interesting stuff there. I like that VR. I like that VR hook. I like. I don't, I don't think anyone's done a sort of tycoon management game in VR yet. There's, no, I doubt it. There's some interesting stuff there, you know. You can't just bring up interesting challenges. You can't just bring up menus and spreadsheets and things that you need to match. Like, hmm. Uh, you either have to literally go to the computer in your room to view how much money you've made and log into your bank account. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I got I got featured on the front page of iTunes and it just cost me a thousand dollars for hosting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. That's that's there's an interesting dynamics there. So you got to you got to you know choose the right um the right level for for how popular you you are literally going to get. <laughs> yeah, you're going to choose the right hosting plan, the right provider. You're going to try to self-host your <laughs> website. Are you going to go with a service that does that but costs money? It's a challenge. I think we can finish with a few click pitch ideas. Yeah, let's, you know, we've got a little bit of time left. Let's move on to our sort of old standard and uh, see where click pitch takes us. You ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Refund. Budget. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just, budget refund that's just a spreadsheet program <laughs> so budget refund. maybe no maybe so maybe you're a, you're maybe budget car rentals yeah that's what i was going for <laughs> <laughs> you have to deal with angry customers whose car broke down <laughs> <laughs> need a refund i was thinking that you are the angry customer and you've smashed oh. the car and you're trying to get a refund saying that it was their fault. Well, okay, so it's a multiplayer adversarial game then. <laughs> one person <laughs> is the customer trying to get a refund and one person is the budget employee trying to prevent that from happening. So it's it's a competitive multiplayer VR 
spreadsheet manager. Well, not spreadsheet manager, like paper, paper sim, like papers, please. And you, you know, it's like, I play the end user agreement that you signed that said that, you, you know, you, that we wouldn't be liable for any. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you sign when you rent cars? You know, his insurance agreement. Pow! 50 health off. <laughs> and then the, the customer says, but uh, faulty whatever. That was not on the original. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then they go, ah, but this was act of God and that's not covered by. Exactly. By your insurance plan, you know, 100 health off. It's like, ah, oh, damn you. And they go, haha, I didn't actually pay for insurance. I just decided to pay the, um, oh, to, to play basically insurance roulette <laughs> where <laughs> make sure the other person had insurance. Yeah. Well, you, you either hope that the other person had insurance or you, you take the risk that, um, if you do go get into an accident, you, you know, will be paying the, um, paying the full amount for their uh, more expensive, uh, gap payment. It's what my friend used to do. Right. <laughs> Whenever he hired a car, because he had to hire a car for 20 days, and it's like, the amount the, the insurance was actually going to cost him was actually more than what the larger gap payment would be if he had another accident. <laughs> this is scintillating <laughs> podcasting here. <laughs> I think we need hit refresh. Three, two, one. Tense. Mighty. Mighty tense. Now, like T-E-N-T-S? Uh, T-N-S-E. T in a mighty tense. I like this idea better if it's T N T S. <laughs> okay, so let's go with T N T S. Mighty tense. Mighty tense. So this could be like a physics sim um, tent building sort of thing. So you, yep, it's almost. Uh, have you seen that um, uh, home home improvisation game where you just basically get a bunch of IKEA pieces? And they take the box and the instructions away, and you have to figure out how to put it all together. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking kind of like that, except you get a bunch of tent poles, guy ropes, canvas, <laughs> <laughs> and you have to try to build a tent. In uh, the Australian app outback, so you got like yeah, so drop the, bears, and yeah, you got to fend off drop bears and dingoes trying to take babies. Tasmanian devils, yeah, kill a mosquito. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they come through as a whirlwind and, like, you know, the, the wind catches your tent and blows it away. So, yep. uh, and if, if the, what's it called, aren't, aren't deep enough. Yeah, the pegs. If you haven't put the your pegs, pegs in if, the right sort of ground, yep. if, if it's just in sort of a bit of mud, then it's just going to slide right out. But if you've managed to yeah, dig and if it's in, the, if it's in the too nice hard of dirt, then it's not going to grip onto it. It's just going to, just going to, well, it's, <laughs> all, about, right it's out, all about so the angle be... too, right? Like, you got to put it at, at you know, basically perpendicular angle. So when the rope pulls on it, it's not just yanking it right out of the ground. Yeah. So once again, VR. <laughs> yeah. Probably. With a robust physics engine, you could uh, you could come up with some pretty awesome tents. But because it's multiplayer, right? Well, you got it's um, multiplayer. It's you know, VR. Eight people in this so campsite. Someone, someone's building a really nice tent. You pick up one of your fucking poles like a javelin. One of the ones with the pointy bit on the end <laughs> to go through the canvas. Just. Let's- Dab it through the canvas and just or, like throw it at them. Yeah, they need to they need to redo that whole section. Um, and then I don't know maybe you can have someone controlling what acts of nature would be coming through at at what time. Or maybe those are power ups, right? Like it's a competitive thing, and if you <laughs> it's like, oh, you've built a one point five meter square room that is uh, completely enclosed, so based on that, you get a gust of wind power up that you can use on someone else. Mm-hmm. Just at the right time when they, you know, they're trying to put that last piece of canvas on it, just tears it right out of their hands. Maybe one of the other power ups is like the massive huntsman. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, these, these when you're taking pegs out of the bag that it's been in the shed for six months since the last time you went camping, the massive huntsman jumps out, scares the shit out of them <laughs> to kill it. <laughs> but. Um, if you, if you don't kill it quite right, it comes back in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, you have to, well, you have to make sure. On your face. The, you have to make sure the body is, that you got the body. You can't just wing it. You don't want a six-legged huntsman coming back for vengeance. In the middle of the no, night. because those bastards can still move fucking fast. <laughs> yeah. You just see the giant six-legged shadow on the wall because it's crawling across your lantern. This could be really cool, actually, because yeah, you get lots of nice lighting effects at, at night, torches and your, your lanterns. Attracting mm-hmm. bugs. You have to make sure that all the windows are sealed up properly, that you've put the right, you know. Yep. Need the bug zapper. Yeah, you got to put a bug zapper outside. And that's another, you've got, that's another power up is the swarm of locusts. 
<laughs> they're really insect proof you just don't and so you have to survive the night then it's almost a there's like a don't starve kind of day night cycle that if you haven't like once once time comes if you haven't built your tent well enough and you gotta have made sure to stock up on batteries or gas for your gas lantern or maybe you maybe you shelled out the extra money for a powered site i don't know but depending or maybe, you wake up in the morning and you go oh no a dingo stole my well, baby yeah well those are the early levels is that you get powered sites and then you go to non-powered sites and then later on you're literally just in the in the wilderness you're in the, the outback. outback yeah that's really cool i like that game yep. so do i okay another one well i'm just trying to think is there any is there anything else we can do with that fuck i want to play that That'd be really cool with like <laughs> great soft body physics on the canvas and hard body physics on the other things, <laughs> on the poles and the pegs. Rope, haptic feedback when you physics. punch someone. <laughs> no, haptic feedback as you fucking hammer those pegs in the ground, <laughs> going right in until you hit a, until you hit a rock. Fuck! You open up your hand in in game and you got a blister there, and it's like, God damn it! <laughs> yeah. First aid. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's the thing. You get fucking bitten by a snake because you didn't secure your tent properly. You didn't build it right, and the zip doesn't go all the way to the bottom. Ah, but that's the thing. Your zip shouldn't go down to the bottom. It should go up to the top so that the snake well, can't get in. Yeah, or even better. It's all about the design. So wait, are you just putting together tents, or are you actually literally designing the tent? I guess you've got to be designing it. Well, mo- most um, most tents have a um, have a dual zip system. Well, ones that I've been in. Yeah, but I'm saying so you just zip to the top. Yeah, never fine. zip to the bottom. But but are the players designing the tent? Like, is it literally put a pole here and then get some canvas and say, all right, well, I want a grommet here for the for the canvas to go through, and then I'm going to lay it out to here. And or are they, are they just getting pre-made tents and they just have to figure out how to put them together? Maybe you can get stuff off the Steam Workshop. You know, right. so some people can put together tents. Okay, so the actual gameplay is you've got pre like tents that are pre-designed and you just have to build them and put them up. Yeah, but, but the thing is, there's no there's instructions. A, so you... a, yeah, yeah, there aren't instructions. But there's a there's a a separate system for being able to actually design your own tents, and that can be downloadable. Yeah, yep. Steam Workshop stuff. Oh, cool. All right, uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. That's the best idea ever, as you can tell so, by how. Yes, very enthusiastic. Um. You got another word? Uh, yes. Okay. Three, two, one. You are my density. What was that? I said you are my density. Density. Density knife. Ooh. (laughs) Back to the future reference. (laughs) Um, density, yeah. So, density knife or or knife density. Knife. So something about how the dense this knife is. Of a knife. How dense is your knife? So is it maybe a knife creating simulator where you got to choose the material and it's maybe how it's like, dense the material is? Yeah, like this is the thing. We we don't have to use that density idea. It just has to be in there somewhere. So maybe it's like an and I keep going back to the VR well, mm-hmm. probably because I finally got to use VR at PAX on the weekend, um, which is really fun. But it's like a knife throwing game. Like you're a knife thrower in a cir- in a circus, mm-hmm. but you're like so into it that you make your own knives. So it's not just a knife throwing sim; it's like a knife making sim. So you got to like hammer them into shape using different materials and stuff. Yep, and make sure they're weighted right, and de- that the the density is distributed to the right places, so that when you throw them, they're they balanced. Throw, they balance. Therefore, they. They turn around maybe the the center and not you know sort of yeah exactly yeah you don't want them to rotate you don't want them to spin the wrong way because you've got someone over there strapped to a fucking board and they're gonna scream if you hit them and bleed yep and so what you're a knife thrower at a circus and no just in your backyard oh just in your backyard but you've (laughs) you've got the your neighbor's kid yeah you start in your back like you're an amateur to begin with you've got to get good enough you don't even get to the you don't even get to to build them you're just using from your mum's knife drawer maybe (laughs) maybe you can like turn the stove on to try to like like melt it and hammer it into that more balanced shape (laughs) and then yeah you get you get the neighbor boy brian uh and and you you tell him that you'll give him seven dollars if he'll stand straps to the side of your house. <laughs> With a blindfold on. With a blindfold on. <laughs> you just go at it. Have at it. 
Put an apple on his head. You're feeling really brave. <laughs> like, seriously, seriously, a game in VR where literally you've just got a ton of knives and shit to throw them at, like, <laughs> including people, it's a no-brainer. Soon, literally, because Brian... <laughs> He's going to die. Brian. No, that was bad, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was really it. fucking bad. <laughs> That's fine. Deal with it. <laughs> and then, yeah, you move up, you know, you move up, you know, some a, a talent scout comes by, who, of course, is just wandering the neighborhood looking for knife-throwing talent. Mm-hmm. You, you're in the circus. You've got better tools for building your knives, different materials. You end up what it's like Minecraft. You get a diamond knife. That's the top <laughs> level. Obsidian. Obsidian knife. Obsidian knife. Super dense. Super balanced. Cut through anything. Or you get a knife made out of dwarf star alloy. Exactly. <laughs> you got to throw it and it just falls down to the ground straight away. Adamantium <laughs> knives. Alamantium. Alamantium. <laughs> okay, we'll do one more and then we'll finish up. Three, two, one. Cool. Corpse. Cool God. <laughs> so it's all right. Oh yes, VR again. Oh no. Weekend at Bernie's VR edition. <laughs> he's cool for multiple reasons. He's wearing sunglasses. Yeah, and also he's been dead a while. Okay, so is it Weekend at Bernie's two where he's a zombie and therefore it's moving Weekend around whatever the music plays? It's like or? the it's the VR sequel. Yeah, but there's one thing missing from a lot of VR, and that's smell mechanics. Well, because... yeah, but we're going to revolutionise VR. It's the Oculus Snift. <laughs> <laughs> the Oculus Snift. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, and now we have now we have smell. So there's a little chemical factory in there that just can create any smell you want, including a rotting <laughs> rotting corpse. corpse. <laughs> but he's cool. It's a cool corpse. He's cool. He's cool. He's, he's cool. He's with me. He's cool. Okay, yeah, so no, it's, and so I wonder again, though. It's, it's a number of years later. Well, it's it's weekend at Bernie's three son of Bernie. Okay, yes. son of oh, oh. <laughs> well, son no, of well, no, he can't have impregnated anyone while he was dead. <laughs> it happened beforehand. I just didn't know. It's an strange, strange. He's a strange son. <laughs> dies. <laughs> he's also named Bernie. It's Bernie Junior. It's weekend at Bernie Junior's. And he's, I don't know, who was it in that movie? Like his nephew or something? Why were I don't remember. I Why were they at this old dude's play? Like, they, they that's a priority. Let's watch fucking Weekend at Bernie's again. You <laughs> um, got it. Okay. Now we're back. We've watched it again. Yeah. <laughs> now let's, let's think about this. Because it would be difficult to come up with AI that can actually tell how well you are Moving a dead body to make it seem alive, I think. Mm-hmm. Unlike revolutionizing VR and creating smell technology. Hang on. That's easy. Why, why, would, why would that be hard? You just, you know, Bernie is a ragdoll. Yeah, so- but, but how does how does the AI know how convincing? I feel like this is this is, has to be a multiplayer thing <laughs> where you, there's someone else that you're trying to convince. Like you're trying to convince someone else. They have to figure out who the dead person is. It's almost a spy party <laughs> <laughs> sort of thing where like there's a bunch of AI people and there's you and there's the dead body and they have to figure out who the dead body is. But there's like a whole heap of people like there's one person who's sort of passed out on the floor. Yeah, in, yeah, in a pool exactly. Of vomit. Yeah, like you're at this fucking rager party at Bernie Jr.'s because, you know, he's cool. Uh, and, and yeah, you can move those around too because if mm-hmm. they get it wrong, you win, right? If you're the, if you're the, the Bernie mover. Yeah, well, may- maybe you're maybe you're a bouncer the at the party, puppeteer. So we can take the puppet mechanics from um from being John Malkovich the video game. Yes, yes, that's it. Reuse this puppet puppeteering middleware, but um simplify it because really you only there- need like to sort of throw a single rope over the top and you know well, yeah, there aren't really his arm to go that way. Yeah, it's not like full on strings. You like you're either moving him with your hand that's hidden up his shirt, or yeah, you sort of tied a bit of a a rope or a fishing line to wave at someone or, you know, make it look like you're taking a drink. And, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, sure, Bernie Jr. spilled his drink all over himself, but yeah, he's cool. He's a bit, just a bit drunk. It's red wine, not blood. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so, okay. Wait, how did Bernie Jr. die? Maybe that's the different challenges. Like, 
Level one. Yeah, he just died. Like he just OD'd just, on cocaine or something. Well, he like just that. died suddenly. There's no outward. You know, he died and he's pretty well preserved. Level two leprosy. No, <laughs> <laughs> the missing arm sort of. Well, no. Level two. He like was. Did he burn himself to death? That might be too hard. Well, that's that's like that's like the final level. <laughs> final level. You literally have to like do all the makeup over his charred corpse. Like the latex and the makeup and then the sunglasses, of course. And sculpt, sculpt his face again. <laughs> yeah, that's the final level. Whereas, yeah, so the, we're in the middle level where he was just stabbed. So yeah. he looks okay, but there's a lot of blood. And there's uh, a knife just, sticking out of him. So you got uh, yeah, to well, work out you, what you're going to do with that. You couldn't pull the knife out. So you just like, you make it, you put a costume on him. It's like one of those, like, he, like he's riding a horse. So it's like out mm-hmm. the front, the knife's holding it up. So. Given that this is sort of like um, spy party, is yeah. is this is this other person like a party goer or is it actually a sniper? <laughs> <laughs> it's the re-kill Bernie Jr. because he knows that he was actually bitten by a zombie and he's going to come back to life. He's had a report that there's been a zombie biting. The guy died, but he's going to come back as a zombie and we need to kill him before that happens again. No, I don't think you're a sniper. I don't think it's a sniper. I just meant... It's spy party in the way that it's sort of asymmetrical and you're having to determine from a bunch of NPCs who the, uh, who the dead person is. But I guess, so, so does the person trying to determine, let's call him the bouncer, that's fine. Do they have, do they know who the other real person is? And so does the real person, the other real person have to kind of start shifting around like that passed out dude? Well, I'm, or like, I'm or he has, to, if- he has to go up to a person who's actually alive, but like stick their hand up their shirt. So it looks like they're controlling them, even though they're actually alive. To like trick the other, to trick the bouncer, and and what what the what the bouncer, you know, maybe the bouncer has to at all times look look after the door, and if they leave the door for any um, time, you know, why they're, are they they're even looking? Why, why do they even care if there's a dead person? Maybe the maybe it's not the bouncer. Maybe it's the coroner looking for the corpse that was stolen. <laughs> So what, you grave robbers now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where. <laughs> I told you, I haven't seen the movie in ages. <laughs> <laughs> no, what actually happens in the in the first movie is... Yeah, he just, he just that, dies, right? And then they're trying to... They work for him and I think oh, they just get fired while they while they get... Like when they get invited to this um to this getaway. Right, but then they he They immediately get fired and then to... he dies of like a heart attack and then yeah. they're like, oh, okay, I guess we're not fired then. <laughs> <laughs> right, they just, but they have to keep him alive to make sure, or keep yeah. making him look like he's alive. Yeah, okay. To maybe get their jobs back or something like that. Right. I don't know. It, it's it's certainly a good idea, but you you've got to have it so that the um the person looking for the for the dead body they need a reason to be looking for it. Why do they care? Or maybe you're a murderer and you're <laughs> trying to you're trying to move the body out. You right? Okay. Bernie Junior owed you a, a shitload of money. Because um, you're a drug dealer or something like that, right? <laughs> and um, wait, so why so- do you kill him? You're not going to get your money back that way. Oh, were well, you saying that you need to keep him alive long enough to try to get your money? Maybe, Either yeah. That maybe that's it. You accidentally you- killed him in the process of trying to beat him close enough to death that he'd pay you. You went too far. Yep. Now he he's invited his accountant here, and you need to make sure he's the accountant thinks he's alive long enough to transfer you the money. Yeah. So it's no longer a so it's no longer so it's no well. Well, maybe the other person's being the accountant. Yeah, but you can but basically then- go every single time. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we're sort of missing where that actual challenge is coming in here, aren't we? There needs to be someone who doesn't. Yeah, there needs to be a reason for the. All right, fine. We'll just invent an amazing AI. <laughs> well, I'm I'm thinking sort of like you know how sneaking mechanics when they can sort of see you. If if right. they see you do like um, right, okay, move they your hand out the back of them things. And- yeah. They could get <laughs> suspicious he, and go, I've seen Weekend at Bernie's, hang on. <laughs> they seem slumped down too much or like anything fall off of his body, like body parts or too much blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then it all raises the suspicion meter. Okay. Yeah. That works a bit better. Yeah. All right. And then later levels are like, um, a party starts up and, you know, everyone's there to sort of see Everyone's there. Yeah, so you've got to, you've got more people who you have to. Yep. You have to uh, pretend around, convince. So, so maybe each level is like an hour of a week of the weekend. Hour, so Jesus. There's yeah. forty-eight levels in total, <laughs> and you have to play them consecutively <laughs> with no pause. Yep. No, 
if, it's gonna be if the you, first if you fail, long, then you got to start long, again. Long form VR experience. You get to sleep. Like who's there? Who do you have to convince while he's sleeping? Well, maybe maybe it's a it's a forty eight hour party that sort of. So does this game come with cocaine? <laughs> like in the box? I think maybe it comes with an inconspicuous white powder in the in the um in the limited edition. You know that you buy it. At- <laughs> JB Hi-Fi or whatever. You know, it comes in a, in a nice container. Tin box that opens up. It's got a mirror inside for you to snort off of. <laughs> but what they don't tell you is it's WizFizz. <laughs> oh, God. WizFizz? Jesus Christ, I haven't had that in forever. All well, right. I had, I had to go for a white powder that I could think of straight away that wasn't icing sugar. <laughs> well, what do you think, Trevor? Should we start development? No, nah, I can't be bothered. 